We now continue with more of The Mark Milton Show with The Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. All right, you're listening to the Mark Milton Show with the Smash, but actually today with special guest co-host, Professor Anders Walker from St. Louis University School of Law, producer Dave, also in the house. Sally, how are we doing over there? Oh, doing great. In fact, we actually did get a texter on our text line at 855-282-8255. Wanted to know what all the talk was about the big daddies in Sular that we were mentioning earlier. <laughs> what was the talk about that? Oh, that was about, that's Professor Walker's theory on what happened to the girl. He thinks the girl from Florida is actually living in St. Louis now and hanging out at Big Daddy's. Yeah, but we had, we had one of our very loyal listeners just, he tuned in late on the conversation, so he didn't get to hear the full part. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was an interesting take from Professor Walker. I, I hope that's true. I hope she is living in St. Louis and doing fine, but I'm afraid that might not be the case. All right, we're going to talk earnings tax. Uh, the As you know, Professor Walker... Uh, I, along with my co-counsel, Beavis Schock, have filed a lawsuit against the city of St. Louis and the collector of revenue seeking refunds of earnings tax that was withheld from our client's pay uh, and turned over to the city. Uh, we're seeking refunds for the based on the number of days they teleworked during 2020. And you see, the city has always issued refunds to non-residents based on the number of days they worked outside the city. But for tax year 2020... The city has reversed course saying, no, we're not going to issue refunds for teleworking days. The reason being, it's not rooted in the law because the law is very clear. It says, if you're a non-resident, you are only liable for the earnings tax for services performed or, excuse me, work performed or services rendered in the city. In the city has always been interpreted to mean physically in the city on those days. And so with the pandemic, the city recognizing, oh my gosh, we have $600 million we collect every year from the earnings tax. 75% of which uh, gets paid by non-residents. We're going to lose a ton of money. Excuse me. It's $600 million budget, $200 million from the earnings tax. Okay. So there's $200 million earnings tax revenue. Of that, 75% is paid by non-residents. So there's potentially $150 million being paid by non-residents. And if all those people work from home, which I'm not saying they all did, but obviously it's a huge chunk of money. So they say, well, unlike Kansas City, which is giving refunds still for teleworking. We're not going to give the refunds. And oh, by the way, if you want to challenge us, each individual has to file their own lawsuit because you can't have a class action for tax refunds. And our position is, look, this is not a typical tax refund case because there's a statute that says you have to follow these procedures for bringing a tax refund action. We're alleging constitutional claims because we're saying, hey, that statute doesn't give us adequate relief because it says you have to actually protest when you make the payments. Well, there was no reason for these people to protest when their employer was withholding the 1% and paying it over back in January, February, March, April, May, and June because they've always gotten the refunds. They never had a reason to protest because they were always able to file a refund claim after the year is over and get their money back. The city basically changed the rules halfway through the game. All right. And so that's what gives rise to our constitutional claims. And you as a constitutional scholar, I'd like to get your thoughts. The first is a due process challenge. We're saying, hey, basically due process, there's there's got to be a, a conduct that shocks the conscience to violate due process. And we're saying by the city basically, in our view, 
just sort of willfully violating the law out of pure greed or necessity, I guess, to, to have this money, that should shock the conscience. What's your take on that uh, that claim? I think you got a better equal protection claim. Well, we also allege equal protection. So if you don't have to pay because you were traveling, then why do you have to pay if you were working from home? What's the difference? And so then you got to come up with a a rational, legitimate state interest that's rationally related. And to that like, distinction, them drawing that distinction. Right. They've got to draw a distinction, and they're probably going to say, well, the pandemic is an emergency, and that's our excuse. But I think you've got... A, a pretty good argument. And if the city wants to fix it, they should probably get rid of that travel exception. And then everybody is treated equally and they move forward, but then they might have to refund the money. But see, that's the issue. So they could have tried to change the earnings tax ordinance, which would have presented a whole other host of constitutional issues because there are limits to what a government, for example, if you're not, let's say you live in Illinois, right? And you're normally commuting into the, the city of St. Louis, that potentially gives them the jurisdiction over you or the ability, the nexus to tax you as a non-resident of the state. If you're not coming over here legally, the, the, the challenge, if you, if, if they were to change the law, it says, okay, we're going to change this to say non-residents are liable for all work they do for any city-based employer, regardless of where they do it from. Okay. Let's assume they did that, which they didn't do. They didn't even try to change the law. Then you have other issues that would arise because you can't just tax people who are residents in another state unless they can establish nexus. You know, what if you had, uh, let's say you've got executives or, or people working at Ralston Purina, for example, but they live in Florida. They don't have a, I mean, that would, if they, if they never set foot in the city of St. Louis or they never set foot in the state of Missouri, then it's very difficult to have jurisdiction over those people. So it would have presented a whole other, they didn't even try to do that. They didn't even try to change the law. They, that's why we think our argument is so strong because look, you've interpreted this to mean, te you know, teleworking does not mean in the city and teleworking's not new. It just expanded, right? People have been teleworking for many years since the advent of the laptop and internet. I mean, you could work theoretically from home. It's just now it's like, oh crap, it's at a scale we never would have imagined it being. And oh crap, we rely so heavily on non-residents uh, because our population has dwindled below 300,000 people. And so they've kind of made their bed here. And so the, the solution though, is not to just say, Hey, we're going to screw, screw these people and just keep their money, even though we know it's wrong. And then the travel piece, I mean, yeah, you've got maybe a Cardinal baseball player, blues hockey player. They're going to be traveling to play in other cities. So you're telling me they get their refund. But the secretary who's who's teleworking for the big law firm from home with her three kids screaming in the background, making 40 grand, she's not getting her 400 bucks? How does that make sense? Well, Mark, I think the, the issue here is how is the city going to raise the money without that tax? Because Totally separate issue. Is Nothing a, to do with this case. Well, that's I, driving, I sympathize with that's the city. driving the city's... Huh, absolutely. They don't ha have the money. So I have a solution. Okay. I've come up with a solution. Oh, actually, can I say something? They just got $500 million from the federal government. There's your solution. They got the money because the, the government recognized that the city's going to be hurt by COVID. So now they're double dipping. They're screwing the non-residents out of their earnings tax, and they're also getting $500 million. That's not right. I'd be curious to know what they put. I don't know if they had to apply for those funds. What I wonder what they put in there. Did they put in there, oh, we're going to lose out on a lot of uh, earnings tax money from non-residents. 
That'd be interesting. That'd be good that, discovery that, material. That would be interesting. <laughs> Here's my solution. Toll roads. Mm. Let's get toll booths up on the Poplar Street Bridge <laughs> on 55. We'll, we'll be like Orlando. We'll just have sun passes. Everyone got to pay a dollar if you drive through St. Louis. See, ordinarily, I'm with you. Like on user fees, I'm a big, that's kind of a libertarian idea. That's right? right. User fees, sort of a tax on what you, what's your ex, what government services you're actually using. So a toll road would be an example of that. I think, and they've talked about that, Highway 70 becoming a toll road. I actually think the Highway 70 toll road connecting St. Louis to Kansas City makes a lot of sense. And it's largely because that's sort of your only option. The problem with doing toll roads around St. Louis, there are so many interstates that you'd people would they would avoid them unless you used it all unless you did tolls on all of them. That's what we're gonna do. I don't think you can do we're that. We have tons of money. I think you need pretty high. Uh, like you have to get like federal approval for toll roads, and I think you'd have some issues getting toll roads on every single one. I think the Biden administration might be up for that. <laughs> You've been to Orlando? It's nuts. Well, so that's the thing. In in Florida, South Florida, they've got the Turnpike, which is a toll road, but then they also have Highway 95, which is not a toll road. And I feel like the traffic's all on 95 because people can avoid, you know, avoid the tolls. So that's what I'm. That's what unless you toll, put a toll on every highway coming in and out of St. Louis, I think you're gonna have a hard time selling that to that's, the people. That's my plan. Solly, what do you think? I think toll roads can work in certain instances. I think, for example, if you were to make Interstate 70 a toll road, I don't think it would work maybe in the city. Because keep in mind, in the last 30 years, you used to have the Eads Bridge and the McKinley Bridge as toll bridges. Of course, on the McKinley Bridge, you kind of didn't have to pay the toll, but that's another story for another <laughs> show. But if you were to create a long-haul turnpike or an alternative, say, okay, you can either take the free lanes and sit in traffic, or you can pay $2 and take the express lanes. Like Atlanta, I think, was installing express lanes that, mm -hmm. you know, those are toll lanes. You pay And you pay more to get it, get it quicker. Exactly. So, you know, if, if you I don't, don't think the woke mob's going to like that, though, giving preference to the wealthy so they can get have a more convenient, less less uh, burdensome drive. I don't see that playing well. They, the woke mob may not like it, but we have to get creative. If you want some of these programs, some of the left agenda, if you want to have a program, get creative, find the funding and don't just tax everyone to death. Find another way. Or at least don't saying. just tax people for their income. Find certain areas, certain loopholes you can exploit. You know, like some cities have financed stadiums with, quote, sin taxes, alcohol, tobacco. You don't need it, per se. <laughs> Love it, but you don't need it. How do you feel about that, Professor Walker? I don't know about alcohol. <laughs> I might need that after this show. I think stocking, I might need a beer. I think stocking up on alcohol it would Maybe be better than uh, gold and silver at this point when things really get, you know go south in this country. The guy sitting on the mountain of vodka is going to be probably better able to barter than most. That's right. Think. All right, you're listening to the Mark Milton Show. Professor Anders Walker, thank you so much for being here with us today, filling in for the great Smash. Smash will be hopefully rejoining us uh, very soon, and we hope you will come back as a guest. Thank you. Someone. This was fun. I also want to give a shout-out to Andy Newbold, First Bank Mortgage. If you're in the market... For a mortgage, or for, let's say your mortgage is still in the high threes or fours, you should definitely talk to Andy Newbold, First Bank Home Mortgage. Talk about doing a refinance, or if you're looking to buy a new home, uh, be sure to give him a shot at your business. Again, he's with First Bank Mortgage. You can 
Email him anytime. It's andy.newbold at fbol.com. He also has a Facebook page. You can just search for Andy Newbold First Bank to find him. Uh, and like I said, we're, we're grateful for his support of this show, and we'd uh, just ask that you give him a shot at your mortgage business. Um, it's been fun. I hope you had a good time, Professor Walker. I hope the listeners enjoyed uh, your perspective. Hopefully we'll win the earnings tax case. We may have to call you as a uh, expert witness on this equal protection piece. Glad to do it. I do charge a fee, though. Well, <laughs> we'll we'll pay you your uh, hourly rate. I'm sure it's substantial, so it we'll is. take care. We'll take care of you, uh, Solly. Thank you for being here this morning. Enjoyed it as always. Find us anytime here on 590thefan.com. You can download our podcast. You can also download it uh, Apple iTunes. You can subscribe and leave us a review if you are so inclined. This is the Mark Milton Show with the Smash from the Miller Furniture Studios. Thank you.